The most valuable of all talents is that of never using two words when one will do. Thomas Jefferson. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hole. And I'm Lee Esses. We are talking today about identifying when adjectives or adverbs are superfluous versus enhancing the story that you're telling. Adjectives and adverbs are words that describe other words in the sentence. We are going to be talking about that in several different facets throughout the next couple of episodes. This is an umbrella that can get applied in a lot of different ways, like having convoluted sentences that are just difficult to follow and having way too excessive descriptions. So today, we're mostly focusing on when you stack those right next to each other. And we've had episodes in the past, one in particular where we had a mini battle over adverbs. That I won. Eh. In reality, though, whether you ascribe to the belief that adverbs are bad or whether you think they're okay, words are words with meaning and intention. And you need to be able to identify when they work and when they should be removed. One of the biggest things that makes adverbs especially bad is redundancy. What you're looking for is balance and purpose, really. So, the things that generally make adverbs, adjectives bad, things that you want to look for to identify when they are being used inappropriately. Like I said a minute ago, redundancy. That is the biggest problem that you will face when it comes to using these words. The perfect example is, she smiled happily. Obviously, that's usually what smiles indicate. Something to keep in mind with the adjectives is that we do have that order of adjectives. So if you have two in the same category, then that's a definite sign that one of them is redundant or could at least be postponed until later. The other thing you want to keep an eye out for is any use of adverbs within dialogue tags. Most of the time, especially in dialogue tags, there are better words to use than adverbs. So something like muttered sourly. Yeah, that for the most part can be understood with the muttering, especially if it's an offhand comment in the context of the scene. We don't need sourly in there. Punctuation does the same job at least half of the time in most of those dialogue tag adverbs. And the other half of the time, you really could be using a description of their body motions or their facial expressions or some other relation to them interacting with the world rather than telling us how they were saying it or how they were feeling. I do want to point out on an editing note that sometimes the solution to having these extra descriptors within your sentence can be adding more descriptors. It seems counterintuitive, but if you give a little more depth, stuff doesn't feel quite as redundant. So take the sentence, I love my comfortable black shoes. That one feels kind of redundant because why would you love a pair of shoes that aren't comfortable? However, if you say instead, I love my most comfortable black shoes, that gives us a little bit more of a real connection to these are your best pair of shoes. 
And it explains which shoes you're talking about by saying my shoes are comfortable or my most comfortable shoes. That's that pair in particular. So adding descriptors deepens the word comfortable and makes the whole sentence make more sense and makes it feel less frivolous. Another thing to look for is the difference between extra and redundant words and words that deepen the meaning of the sentence. I feel like this is where the adverb argument starts to fall flat. Because yes, if they're extra and redundant, then we should be taking the adverbs out. We should be taking nouns out. We should be taking everything out if it's extra and redundant. But adverbs used well will deepen the meaning of the verbs. They will help give context and mood to every other word in the sentence. So she smiled happily, redundant. She smiled sadly, gives us not only an idea of what the smile looked like, but her emotions on a much deeper level. You really want to make sure each word, whether it is adjective, adverb, noun, whatever, each word needs to serve a unique purpose within your story. And that means interacting with the other adverbs and adjectives as well. If you're stacking adjectives, then make sure they both give each other context. So we're going to get into the second half of this episode where we give some examples and then we talk about does this sentence violate the rule that we've talked about today. Example number one. You have an adorable baby. I feel like this is a good one because not all babies are adorable. Yeah, if it was puppy, you have an adorable puppy. Yes, that's implied with the word puppy. But you have an adorable baby, especially if it's one person addressing another. There is a social context in that. So even though adorable for someone like my mom would be implied, saying you have a baby (laughs) might not work quite as well in this particular case. So yes, adorable, we're going to keep that one. The next sentence we have is, I love that really big old green antique car. I mm, I feel like there are too many. Also, old and antique is redundant. So, I love that big green antique car. That one would be okay. Or, I love that big old green car. That one's also okay. The really big part? I feel like you can wrap that in with the word car and say bus or limousine or whatever makes that particular car big. But I love that really big old green antique car. There are way too many things listed here. Yeah, definitely break that one down. Take at least two of those descriptors out, if not more. On to our next example. Several billion trillion tons of super hot exploding hydrogen nuclei rose slowly above the horizon and managed to look small, cold, and slightly damp. We have Douglas Adams to thank for that one. In most cases, I would say this is too much because you're saying the sun rose and managed to look small, cold, and slightly damp. But because of the context of this particular sentence, because I know it's Douglas Adams, because I know his writing style and I love it, it works. Yeah, that's hard for us to point out, don't do this 
but someone else can. If this is the mood of your entire book, where there's this dry sense of humor throughout, then going over the top can be a fun way to go, the sun's rising. But again, it has to be a theme through your book and a very intentional way of going about your descriptions. So our next one. What do you mean he's asleep? She shouted angrily. Ugh. So this is one of those times where a action tag would be way better in place of this dialogue tag. What do you mean he's asleep? She launched a shoe across the room. We don't even really need shouted, much less angrily. What do you mean he's asleep? That can be its own paragraph, and we get that she shouted that angrily. We can understand that from context. If she whispered it, that's not implied with the text, and so you can do she snarled. Again, we don't need angrily because that is implied in the snarl in the text. But something quieter is counterintuitive, so you can give that descriptor. But shouted is pretty much what we expected, how we imagined it initially. A figure emerged in the pale light offered by the moon in the clearing. I don't really have a problem with this. I think the phrasing is a little bit clunky, but overall, I don't mind this one. Yeah, the only thing I would probably clean up in this is actually in the clearing at the end. Because you've got the pale light offered by the moon. You've got a good image there. And if you leave the sentence at the end of moon, then a figure emerged into the pale light offered by the moon. We get that they're moving into the moonlight. We don't need to necessarily say in their clearing. And there's likely context around that particular sentence that gives us a better idea of where the characters are, what they're doing, and the fact that they are in a clearing in a forest. So, yeah, in their clearing can probably just go away. The rest of it, I think, is a rather good sentence. Yeah. This is an example of the adjectives playing off of each other in order to heighten the moment. So not only is it light, but it's a pale light instead of something warm or cold, or other ways that we might envision the moonlight having come down. So the pale light interacts versus saying the same thing two different ways. Again, what you need to look for in these kinds of descriptions is redundancy. Most of the ones that we said to change were because of some form of redundancy, whether we saw it in that sentence or could assume that there was some other context around that particular sentence that would make the phrasing used redundant. Hopefully, we've given you the tools that you need to identify the problems with these very commonly misused words. If you are listening to this episode within the few days after it was released, you're likely doing NaNoWriMo which case, ignore everything we said today and use all of the words possible. <laughs> because within those words that you come up with in order to generate the scene, the moment, within that collection will be the exact right word for your story. So use all of them if you're doing NaNoWriMo right now. And even if you're not, write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 